This is episode 19 of Nurmer Nurmer. Alexis and I went hard <laughs> while looking into the backgrounds of both Sweeney Todd and Chicken Run. If you don't want either movie's ending ruined for you, particularly with Sweeney Todd, because it's more of a reveal than Chicken Run, maybe you take a pause and go watch it. Sweeney Todd's on Tubi, Chicken Run's on Hulu. They might both be the same movie, and they also might both be PETA propaganda. I kind of can't believe that we managed to get into PETA again, because we also got into it during the Jason Derulo episode, but um, everything is PETA. Enjoy the episode. Alright, so um, can we start with Chicken Run? Yeah, let's start with Chicken Run. So Chicken Run is a uh, G-rated DreamWorks film that is the highest grossing animation of all time those wallace and gromit guys pretty much invented all things modern animation chicken run obviously not their first film wallace and gromit came out first they obviously did animations before that too but by the year 2000 they decided to funnel all their efforts into chicken run as far as i can gather about some hens who live in a farm hoping to escape because they don't want to be baked into pies mm-hmm plan many escape routes and their best option is given to them when they meet Rocky the rooster from America. Right. And the hens are British. The hens are all British. Mr. and Mrs. Tweedy who own the farm are British. Rocky's the only American and he is the savior. In theory. Come to find out. Rocky is the- He's Mel Gibson. Thank you. Voiced by Mel Gibson. Arguably Mel Gibson's most important contribution to the world. The only thing he was in that was good, maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen Braveheart in a while, but chickens are trying to plot an escape. Mr. Tweety catches them from time to time while he's roaming around with his little flashlight, throws them in solitary confinement. We got like a lot of barbed wire imagery. Pretty terrifying to look at in general. At one point, there's a silhouette of Mrs. Tweety chopping the head off a chicken. Yeah. And that's just like. They just show that in the first 10 minutes. So that's cool. Eventually, Rocky shows up. They believe Rocky can fly. Rocky's so insecure that he does not let on to them that he actually cannot fly and that as a circus chicken, he was fired out of a cannon and that's how he ended up flying over that fence. Right. He had a broken He had a broken wing. Mm-hmm. And so he was saying that his wing was broken the whole time and that's why they all believed him. Yeah, he said, I can't prove it because my wing is broken. Then they all get drunk at a party. <laughs> We don't know if there was alcohol in the beverages, but they were drinking basically cocktails. Mm -hmm. So it was like a chicken joke because they put like a little rooster feather in the drink like a cocktail. Anyways, they uh, find out because Rocky's dancing all over the place that he is actually lying about his broken wing slash it healed because they give him the benefit of the doubt. In fact, Ginger, the main chicken, apologizes to him that night and says... I'm so sorry that I didn't trust you to lead us through this. And this bitch still does not reveal that he actually cannot fly because roosters can't fly. He doesn't tell them that yet. Later, he's given another prime opportunity. Him and Ginger are having a moment sitting up on a rooftop talking about their feelings. They touch hands like they're going to hold hands for a second. And then they they get too cute. And they get too cute, freak out. Rocky still doesn't tell her. Then cut to there's the only other boy chicken is an old man rooster who allegedly is a pilot. Turns out he can't fly a plane, and there's a punchline there where he says something like, 
of course I can't fly a plane, I'm a chicken. <laughs> like, they don't put the chickens in charge of the planes? I'm the mascot. You're stupid. Okay, so him, he even apologizes to Rocky. He hates Rocky. He's, like, very anti-Rocky the whole time. Because Rocky right. just a flirt. Right. And this guy's, like, serious, bi- serious Air Force businessman. Mm-hmm. And Rocky's just, a, just like, a Mel Gibson in 2000, you know? Yeah, he's very Mel Gibson in 2000. Eventually, Rocky, I wouldn't say he swallows his pride because he runs away, but he does eventually flee and leave a little folded up piece of paper on his pillow, which is the bottom part of the poster of him flying, and the bottom part of the poster reveals that he was actually shot out of a cannon. Then the smart chicken, smart chicken's name is uh, Mac. The smart chicken's the one that wears glasses and, like, looks like a mad scientist. Right, and you can hardly understand what he says every time. Yeah, yeah, she sounds crazy because her Scottish accent is so, or Irish, is so thick. I think she's Scottish. Anyways, uh, I follow her on Instagram now. She has about 600 followers. It's fine. The chicken actress, not the chicken itself. Chicken itself is fiction, yeah. So, Mac manages to invent, Mac's brilliant inventor, invent an entire fucking airplane to solve the problem of flying over the fence. And they just do that. Yeah, they turn they turn their hen house into an airplane. Yeah. And they get out. They adapt a bird sanctuary and turn it into a chicken sanctuary. And the movie ends on these uh there's these two rats. Are they rats or mice? I would assume mice. There's these two rodent creatures. Yeah. There's these two rodent creatures. I think you're right. I think they're mice. Who uh are in the business of illegal procurement of items. It ends on them discussing which came first, the chicken or the egg. Oh, also, Rocky came back to try and save them. Right, they were... Or helped them. Yeah. Yeah, Rocky helped Rocky them. Rocky did eventually. help them, yeah. He comes back in the nick of time and saves, makes it so that they can actually launch their plane because Mr. and Mrs. Tweety catch on at the last minute after Mrs. Tweety spends the entire movie gaslighting her husband, saying... The chickens aren't organized, even though one of them is knitting the entire movie. She is knitting. She has a bag with scissors and items in it. Oh, yeah. She's got a purse. Right. And they're all wearing knitted items made by the one that knits. And they have little blankets on their beds and stuff. But no, they're not doing anything. So anyways, Miss Tweety finally catches on and tries to foil. The- she get- She waits till they've built an airplane. After her husband has been trying to tell her this whole time, and she just... And her husband is mean, but he's also overly stupid. Yeah, he sucks. They wrote a very stupid character, and then Mrs. Tweedy is very smart, and also mean. She's, a uh, Cruella de Villish. She is. There's this really terrifying moment where Mrs. Tweedy is trying to take down the plane. Her body is, like, hanging off the plane, and she flies towards this billboard of Mrs. Tweety's meat pies. And on the billboard, she's, like, wearing makeup, which the entire movie, she has, like, purple eyelids. She's tired. She's beat up. She looks like shit. And she's wearing makeup on this sign. She looks all feminine. She hits it with her body while trying to take down this chicken plane. (laughs) And the billboard rips so that there's a little scrap of the smiling feminine Miss Tweety stuck over her face. And she rips it away. Is it raining or am I making... It's dark. It's dark. Most of the movie, it's nighttime. But they have, like, Christmas lights in her face. I think that's the glistening you're thinking of. 
Oh, yeah. So she's hanging onto the chicken plane via a Christmas light cord. So that's kind of like shining off her face. She has this happy face stuck onto her face that she rips off in a rage. And she is covered in egg yolk and grease. (laughs) And she looks bruised. And it is so scary. Horrifying. I screamed when that happened. When she ripped (laughs) off her when she ripped off her feminine face and then it was real life. It was so scary. Yeah, they were trying to bomb her with eggs to get her off the cord, but it wasn't working. Uh Uh-uh. She was just covered in eggs. She was just covered in yolk and exhausted evil woman. It was horrifying. I mean, we're starting off with these human people, but this is really important to my argument, actually, is the treatment of humans in the in both movies. She ends up, they cut her off, they get her off the cord so the chickens can leave and have a happy life. She lands back in her own chicken pie machine, face down, and all these bubbles are shooting up at her head, and there's all these gears, like she's going to get eaten. And I could not for the life of me remember if she turns into a pie. I really thought she was about to get turned into a pie. But instead, Mr. Tweety, (laughs) this motherfucker, walks up, opens the door, sees what's happening, sees the bottom half of her body sticking out of the top of the machine, and he closes the door. (laughs) He pretends like he didn't even see it. It explodes. And her hair is all fried, and now she's like extra gnarly looking, but she lived. Except that the very last wall standing falls on her. So it's kind of safe to assume she died. She had to. She was covered in explosion and gravy and yolk and a wall. She was covered in a wall. The other One of the other more horrifying parts was at one point they get Ginger as a test chicken to put through the chicken pie maker. Rocky tries to save Ginger and so they go through this uh, contraption that's supposed to kill the chicken. It, it's supposed to, like, grind them, and then it puts them into the dough, and then it bakes them into the dough. And you just see this really intricate <laughs> pie maker. And then the gra- there's a gravy gun that's about to shoot them, and that part was so scary. I didn't know what was going to happen. Let's see what I have for notes. Rocky and Ginger stuck in a pie conveyor belt almost get crust crimped. There's a gravy gun aggressively shooting gravy at every pie. They manage to clog it with a carrot. They end up in the oven surrounded by flames and Rocky's falling into every pie into this like bloody gravy where he's making an imprint of his body that looks like a crime scene like chalk outline and it's the color of blood. The gravy is the exact color of blood. The movie's so... The light, like, it's so dark. Everything's at nighttime. And then they're inside of a fucking oven with flames. And I think something about... What is his name? Peter Lord, the creator. Uh, something about that animation is, like, kind of spooky on its own. Like, Wallace and Gromit is clearly not a sinister storyline. And there's still something a little bit creepy about it. Maybe it's the eyes, or like, maybe it's that they don't even in Chicken Run. They don't. They're not. They don't look like chickens. They don't have wings. They have arms, and they don't have a tail area. They just have hips, and, then, and they dance, and they have fingers, posable fingers. Yeah, 
What's your What are your thoughts on uh, Rocky? I've seen this movie a few times. I've seen it when it came out, probably, or like around when it came out. I watched it in college, and then when I watched it this time, I was really surprised by how not impressed by Rocky I was. He almost doesn't matter to the story. Like, he does, Yeah, but... They could have done all of it without him. Yeah, I really think they could have. I mean, he doesn't do any inventing. He just gives them the idea that they could fly over it. And he technically, he prides himself on, like, taking the edge off. Like, giving them a moment to chill. Which... Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think they would have been able to figure that out or not anyways. But you're right. He doesn't contribute the meat of anything. Like, he is important because he cares about them kind of at the end. But he's really, like, just the token man. Like, I don't know how they would have sold the movie without him. Because they could have done it, like, here's Ginger and Babs and Mac, and they're building a fucking plane, and they're going to get out, and that's cool, and they do it. But they needed to have this foil for Ginger, who's really important on telling the truth and being honest, even when being honest says literally to all the other chickens that they're all going to die. And then Rocky's like, no, lighten up. Never tell the truth. But the marketing for it heavily promotes Rocky, because Mel Gibson's the only well-known actor. Yeah, I didn't recognize any of the names. Yeah, and the entire promotion for it is about Rocky. This American comes in and saves these British hens who do this, that, and the other thing, but he doesn't even show up till after Ginger has tried multiple ways of getting through. Right. He doesn't even inspire them to want to try to escape. Ginger already has her exact guideline set. She wants everybody out all at once. She doesn't want to just save herself. She wants to come up with a plan that could get everybody out. Like, they wanted to go under the fence, Mm -hmm. but they decided not to because the really fat chicken, Bunty, who's like really butch yeah doesn't fit under the fence so they're like this isn't gonna work because we can't get bunty out Uh, but yeah so like rocky is frustrating because he's walking around calling them like doll face and shit i even got offended that he was saying chicks because he used it in like a gross way like the dixie chicks like the dixie chicks he's like oh you crazy chicks and i hate i hated him called them all doll face he wouldn't call anybody by their names He's getting them drunk. He would. He, I don't trust him. I here here. I think he's a pervert. <laughs> yeah, he might be a pervert. I think he might be a pervert. Well, because there's this whole thing where apparently in the like clay chicken community, he's hot shit. Right. When he shows up, he asks which bunk is mine, and all the hens raise their hand except for Ginger, who's over it. This might sound weird. I don't. <laughs> So there's this one scene where he's, like, looking in a mirror, I think, or, like, a reflection. I think he had just gotten out of the tub where they are like, massaging him and washing him. And then he looks at his little, what do you call it? Like, his mohawk thingy? His feathers? I guess they're feathers. His cockatoo? I don't know. (laughs) He was, like, fixing that, which is kind of, it's like if if, if a guy was fixing his hair, right? But it was all to one side, and then he flipped one middle piece to the middle, and it, like, flopped over. Like a Superman curl? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And he was just kind of like, like, good job. When that happened, I was so grossed out, and then I don't don't like Rocky. But when he did that specifically, I was like, your hair looked better when it was to the side. I got, like, weirdly angry at him because of the way he styled his hair, not hair. His feather. Because he clearly was trying to do, like, a Superman curl. Yeah, he's trying to look hot. 
and it didn't. Yeah, I just hated everything about it. I guess you're right. Like they do personify animals weird, which I guess any um, animation with animals do. Okay, wait. Put can we please put a pin in this? We have to talk about Sweeney Todd. I have so much to say about which not to leave you hanging is basically like the way that they dehumanize the people that get killed in Sweeney Todd is somehow similar to the like extreme humanization of the chickens. <laughs> okay. All right. Sweeney Todd. Sure. So I hadn't seen it before now. I've heard a lot about it. I don't know anything about the musical or versions before the Tim Burton one. Came out in 2007 as Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter. Basically, this barber gets locked up because Alan Rickman is jealous of his wife or something. He gets out of jail, like, what, 20 years later? Mm Mm-hmm. He comes back to the barber shop because he wants to return to his wife and child. His wife, uh, according to Mrs. Lovett, played by Helena Bonham Carter, is dead. And his child is being held somewhere else. He is trying to get his kid back. He's really sad that his wife is gone. He ends up... Mm, he really wants to get his hands on... What's what's Alan Rickman's name? Turpin? <laughs> Turpin? He wants to get his hands on Turpin and kill him so he can have his daughter back. He doesn't really care about these lives. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, since he can't easily get Alan Rickman back, and because Mrs. Lovett really needs to reopen her meat pie shop, he starts slitting throats of randos that come through his door for uh, good hair styling. And he sends them down a chute, and Mrs. Lovett turns them into meat pies. Which was mostly Mrs. Lovett's idea. I'm not defending Sweeney at all in this. He didn't do great, but that's kind of Mrs. Lovett's idea. The first time he kills somebody, he kills this medicine man who claims to make hair grow back. It was a fit of rage. He recognized him. Yeah, the guy recognized him from before. Nobody knows who he, who he is. I, if I remember correctly, he's not even supposed to be there. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is important. He is going by a new name now and didn't want to be seen. Mm-hmm. So the medicine man recognized him, called him out, said he was going to blackmail him out of most of his profits unless he, he was going to tell everyone who he was unless he gave him a bunch of money. Sweeney Todd wasn't down for this, kills him, puts him away. Mrs. Lovett comes up. She's like, yo, you didn't have to kill that guy. Like you wanted to kill the other guy. And now it's going to look suspicious. But since this guy's kind of, um, you know, he's a traveler, people probably don't have great tabs on him. They figure they can get away with it. And once Sweeney Todd, once Sweeney Todd tells Mrs. Lovett that the guy was going to blackmail him. She's okay with it. And she's like, yeah, let's just make him into a pie, which is kind of absurd. But I felt like that was a turning point. So you just start, so they made him into the pie. It just became a thing. They used it, they ended up using it to like make the barber shop more popular. So eventually they can get that judge in the chair. And then they can make money off of meat pies. Which is a big deal because everyone's poor and they can't afford meat. So they start selling all these meat pies then eventually the judge comes in. They they do the judge thing, right? They kill the judge, make him into a pie. So at the end, oh, so the there was this kid that traveled with the medicine man who was around the whole time, and he starts to suspect that something weird is going on. He tries to tell Mrs. Lovett that Sweeney Todd might be dangerous because he doesn't realize that Mrs. Lovett is totally in on it. And it was her idea. Then, um... <laughs> And, yeah, I mean, really, that it was her idea. So, he, like, he finds out 
that she's involved too and he goes missing and they need to find him immediately and probably kill him because they need him out of the picture oh also mrs lovett is clearly in love with sweeney todd this entire time and sweeney todd could not give a flying fuck about her he doesn't even like her as a he doesn't even like her as a friend he wouldn't even he would not choose to be acquaintances she's a co-worker he is so meh and she is in love with him and she makes that very clear she plans their wedding in the middle by the sea by the sea it's a whole thing he doesn't give a shit right at the end all bets are off this random kid anthony is trying to like woo his daughter and he's letting it happen because he wants his daughter back so that night he already knows all hell is breaking loose and that he's getting his daughter back so the beggar woman who keeps trying to like tell on everybody and say like there's a witch in this house there's something dangerous happening we don't know she comes through sweeney todd without thinking twice slits her throat done she's gonna be a pie Mm -hmm. she's gone judge turpin finally comes in because he's looking for his daughter and sweeney todd flirting with him like almost definitely just flirting with him and says why don't you sit down and i'll give you a shave while we wait and they sing their little song about how nice women are and sweeney todd wastes no time and says you probably wouldn't remember a barber's face which hit hard as an essential worker and he kills the judge sends him down go down they're trying to cook all these people sweeney todd realizes that the beggar woman is actually his wife mrs lovett was lying the whole time she knew the beggar woman was his wife she had lost her mind she was wandering the streets mrs lovett allowed him to believe his wife was dead because she was in love with him and she wanted to marry him but he killed his wife without even noticing it was her and then he looked at i remember him looking at her dead and like holding i remember that scene really well and he was sad and he throws mrs lovett into the oven she dies then the magic man's little boy crawls out of a sewer grate and kills sweeney todd great movie incredible great music okay so so here's the thing that gets me okay there's something nauseating about a human meat pie i think most of us can agree on it it's kind of why that yeah plot works right because it's disgusting but at the same time people don't really know it's human meat so then it really draws into question like would you be repelled by human meat if you didn't know if you had no idea yeah if you're just eating a meat pie side by side with that we have the idea of a chicken pie which in chicken run is terrifying but in day to day not that offensive to most people right you can go to kfc yeah you could eat a chicken Eat a chicken pie at any time. What really got me is that I was watching the opening night premiere in Hollywood of Chicken Run, the red carpet for it, in 2000. <laughs> People kept making jokes about how the movie was going to make them hungry. Ew, I hate that. It's disturbing because I care so much more about the chickens in Chicken Run than anybody who ended up in a pie in Sweeney Todd. Right. They were intentionally not people you cared about. He was killing nobodies. That was his thing. He was killing nobodies and people who were making other people's lives worse. He did it on purpose that way. And that is sickening. One of my favorite songs from Sweeney Todd is like the, try it with the priest, just the little priest. One of my favorite lines from it, like they're talking about, oh, well, killed the priest and he'll put it in the pie it says little something special pie and then there's a line that says uh do you have poet on the menu and then she's like oh the thing with poet is you wouldn't even know if it were dead 
just throwing around jokes like that about the people that they were going to bake in the meat pie. And like, I think the song ends with Sweeney Todd saying, I'll come back when you have Judge on the menu. Because it's just like, yeah, it's just meat. Right. I think... Than these chickens. That this whole idea of like, oh, it doesn't matter if they're chickens, is why the movie ended up being so much creepier than anyone wanted it to be. It works as a not creepy movie if you are just siding with the humans and you know that this is a chicken farm and chickens die on a chicken farm. And But wouldn't it be funny if they were trying to get out? It kind of works like that. But it's not about the humans. It's about the chickens. So you're instinctively siding with the chickens. Like you're on Ginger's side. Yeah, you want Ginger to succeed and get out because... Not because you necessarily even need to see her sleeping in a hammock and drinking a cocktail, but because her option otherwise is to see the bloody and brutal death of all of her friends and loved ones, which is serious. Whereas in in Sweeney Todd, you're like, oh my god, when is the judge going to get there? And then he flirts with the judge and puts him into a meat pie. Like, they make light of death in Sweeney Todd in a way that's funny and like cutesy and a musical and then chicken run does the exact opposite where they have cartoon chickens so like how is it gonna be not funny and cute except that they made it about death and they're all wearing knitted hats and they're all just trying to stay alive for their inevitable death whether it's outside or trying to get out yeah what is that quote that is so dark it was like we're either gonna die free or die trying and then the stupid chicken says are those the only two options which is like pretty pretty tough for a chicken to say but they're also about to be made like that chicken ginger saw the inside of the meat grinder or the pie maker she saw the gravy gun she saw her friend covered in gravy blood and now she's just trying to get everybody out like, for some reason, the gravy blood was so much scarier than just, like, the bright red 40 that they used in Sweeney Todd. Oh, yeah. The blood in Sweeney Todd is just funny. Yeah, right. Coming out of these, like, nobodies. I agree completely. It's just a piece of meat. It's not a gore movie. It's just silly. They make death silly. Another really terrifying moment in Chicken Run is that the way they managed to get uh, Mrs. Tweety off of the back of their chicken plane is she's hanging on to this (laughs) i know it's a lot (laughs) she's hanging on to this christmas light wire and they're trying to shake her off they can't so ginger has to climb down part way and she's trying to cut with babs little plastic safety scissors through this because babs yeah also babs has hot pink scissors in her bag chicken size scissors in her bag so babs gets out she like digs past her vaseline and chapstick and like yeah hair ties and like sunglasses <laughs> yeah her wallet she uh, <laughs> she passes by those little plastics that you put at the bottom of heels so you don't sneak into the grass mm-hmm. <laughs> yep <laughs> babs reaches past all of that pulls out some pink scissors Ginger climbs down with the scissors in her teeth. Well, Rocky's holding her, scared as shit. Rocky's shaking. Yeah, Rocky's yeah. like, why'd I come back to this? Yeah, Rocky is shook. Ginger's, like, getting lowered down. Finally, Rocky has to let go of her, so she's on the wire alone. She's trying to cut through it, and she thinks fast, because Mrs. Tweety, who is unapologetically swinging an axe every which way for the entire movie always has an axe so she is on this wire covered in egg she swings her axe (laughs) 
And for a moment, they allow the viewer to believe that Ginger just had her head chopped off. And that Mrs. Tweety has won. And they hold on that image. It was so long. Rocky says, oh no! It is so traumatic. Because we don't know yet that Ginger actually tucked her head back. Mrs. Tweety hit the wire. And now Mrs. Tweety is going to fall. I think it's fucked up that they held it on that for so long, considering that we didn't know. Like, I saw it as a kid, and that that part of the movie was the most part, was the part where I was like, oh no, and I got major flashbacks right before it happened, and I couldn't remember exactly what happened, but I knew that I was freaking the fuck out. When it didn't show her head, I thought she got her head chopped off. Like, I thought it just fucking happened. Kind of like how for half a second I thought Mrs. Tweety was going to be baked into a pie. That should not- there should be no plausible room for something like that to happen in a G-rated children's movie. Right. But instead, I've seen the movie before, and I still don't know. Oh my god, I'm watching the final scene right now because I want to see exactly how long it had. Okay, so 42. So we still think the head's cut off. 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 Oh my god. 10 seconds, we think. (laughs) Maybe to somebody who hasn't seen this movie, you're thinking there's an obvious difference between someone ducking and or not. However, not when it's a human chicken. Right. We haven't seen any actual we haven't seen any actual blood in this movie or anything. So I would think if for some reason we did witness a death, it wouldn't be like gory because it's a G-rated movie. So if her head did get cut off, I would think it would be clean like that. And also her little gobble gobble on top of her head is showing in a way that as a child I definitely thought was like an exposed esophagus or something. Yeah. And I was when this movie came out and it's rated g it should be rated pg also how is it rated g first of all rocky's so sexualized oh my gosh he's going around calling everyone pervert face he is a pervert he you're right he's a pervert he is a fucking pervert what constitutes a difference between a g rating and a pg rating i wonder because i know there's something about like an r rating it has to say fuck four times or something like that right right PG-13, you can use the word fuck once. I love how similar the last scene of Chicken Run and Sweeney Todd are. The reason we did this was because we were both unsure about the whole meat pie thing and it sounded like the same exact movie. I don't think they're the same exact movie. I think they are strikingly similar. But the the final scene, Mrs. Sweeney going through the meat, the pie maker, and then also Mrs. Lovitz in the fire, they're just so similar to me. And I know that betrayal is common in a lot of storylines. I don't think that's unique to either of these two movies, but they both have a really key betrayal in like withholding of information that would allow someone's freedom. Sweeney Todd really wanted freedom from his own thoughts and from this life that he maybe thought he somehow failed or something. And the hens wanted freedom from this fucking farmhouse where they were all going to die, and Rocky wasn't honest with them, and Mrs. (laughs) Lovett wasn't honest with Sweeney Todd. They both could have been at peace much sooner, even though the information wasn't great. Like, to tell the hens, no, you can't fly, isn't great. And to tell Mr. Todd Sweeney that his wife is that crazy woman is also not great. Right. 
But if he had known she was the crazy woman, he probably would have just given up. You know, like he wouldn't have killed all those people. It would have saved right. lives. But uh, Mrs. Lovett just needed some fucking pie, and she wanted. She was in love with Sweetie. Yeah, she wanted to keep him around. Uh, what did you think of Ginger and Rocky? being together that was one of those things that it felt lazy to me it didn't need to happen it didn't need to happen and it was definitely like a studio i've seen i can't think of an example but i've seen it in movies before where there's a strong female lead who all of a sudden isn't a lesbian and is in love with the man that's in the movie because these are the most lesbian cartoons i've ever seen in my life (laughs) they are traditional lesbian stereotypes there's a butch one there's a creative one and then there's like a smart one like it's there were a number of times throughout it where i thought i was i didn't where it really felt like i was watching orange the new black not just because they were trying to escape but that definitely was a part of it they were trying to escape but also there was it was just a bunch of lesbians like that was another way that they really amped up rocky in a way that didn't make sense to me yeah rocky was like jason biggs you know (laughs) nobody needed him there right piper's husband at the beginning of the show at the beginning of Orange. Right, right. Ginger and... Uh, Mac? Or Bunty? Yeah, Ginger and Mac. Or Bunty. Bunty's Big Boo, obviously. Yeah, obviously Bunky's. Is Mac... I feel like Mac is is Nichols. That's my <laughs> I was gonna say she was the lady who came from Max. With the glasses? Yeah. The, like, just because she's one. a little... She's because she's a little cuckoo. She's a little cuckoo. But she could be Nichols. Actually, I like Nichols. I think that's fun because she's just like, we need the thrust. <laughs> yeah, the thrust. That was that was my Nichols impression. That the was thrust. Also, <laughs> we need the thrust, you guys. She's New York, right? Yeah, I guess they all are. Well, yeah, but she's extra. She's yeah, she's got that like Staten Island. I just the Rocky Ginger thing makes me wonder how it's the number one. You know. A critical thing that I'm trying to wrap my head around. This was actually my big holdup when I first was like, maybe Chicken Run and Sweeney Todd are the same movie. It depends on your understanding of victim. In order to actually align them, I think you would have to view the Tweeties who run the farm as victims of... The world. Or the chickens? The chickens. Because they're trying to ruin the farm. And they ruin the machine and they take down business. But I only feel that way because I feel like Sweeney Todd is a murderer. Therefore, he is the criminal and he has victims. But Sweeney Todd is kind of a victim of the setup where someone could send him to jail and everyone's poor. And the only way they can even sell anything is by murdering people. And the chickens are victims in a way that even the creators of the movie barely acknowledged on the red carpet for the very movie. They're making jokes about, like, wanting to eat chicken. One of the questions that the interviewer kept asking was, do you prefer white or dark meat chicken? What kind of movie is this? Like, it just... It doesn't feel like a children's movie at all. No. It's scary. I I was trying to wrap my head around more of it because I was not culturally aware at five years old to understand the greater aspects of Chicken Run in the world. Right. But via tip from somebody who mentioned they got a really good Chicken Run Burger King toy back in the day, I thought, okay, I'll look at what other Burger King toys were around. I guess the Chicken Run Burger King toy was like all four toys made one toy that turned into a plane. I can picture like that ad. What other toys did Burger King have? Ants in 98, The Mask, Cat Dog, SpongeBob, 
Ice Age, Jimmy Neutron. All of those were Burger King toys around the same time. When I was that age, I would have loved all of those toys. Ants kind of makes me uncomfortable. Cat Dog kind of makes me uncomfortable. Cat Dog does? Kind of. Why? Because their butts are connected. (laughs) I'm never not thinking about how they poop. (laughs) Ants has always scared me. Maybe it was just a weird time in animation. I don't know what the fuck was happening. That's also around the time that show uh, Mr. Meaty. Oh! I put Mr. Meaty right up there with Chicken Run. Everything was kind of gross and unsettling. And maybe Chicken Run's, like, not special in that way. I don't think vegetarianism was as cool. There wasn't a vegetarian option on every menu. So, like, to make a joke about a chicken getting killed is nothing. Even though they humanized these chickens to the next level. Yeah. There was this video game. What year did it come out? In 2003. And it's called Dog's Life. And so you play the whole video game as a dog. And, like, you move to a new place. And, like, you have stupid little goals. Like, find the eggs and the blah, 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 blah. Like, there's all... It's just, like, a fun game where you're playing as a dog. And then, eventually, the big villain is this woman who kills dogs and turns them into cat food. And so they have, a, they have like, a meat grinder similar to the one in Chicken Run. When I was playing that game, I started having nightmares, and I wasn't allowed to finish playing it because I was so, so fucking scared of these dogs getting ground up and put into cat food. Dude, I don't know what they think is okay about a meat grinder. Because Sweeney Todd understood that was criminal. Sweeney Todd, it's different because that was the whole- The whole point! It's like, there's these murderers who are doing this crazy, insane thing. Which, I guess it- I don't know, it's just- It is weird in Chicken Run, because it was just- Also, at the end of the day, you're like, Haha, they're turning them into a chicken pie. Like, even uh, Mrs. Sweeney- Tweety. When she said, like a bird. Mr. S- Mrs. Tweety, when she's like, oh, we're going to make them into pies. And he's like, what kind of pies? And she says, apple pies, chicken pies, you idiot. You know, like, it's just like a funny, they have a fucking gravy gun. The jokes do not land in that movie. They really don't. Not once. Babs, the one with blue hair who knits the whole time, has some comedic value but she's just stupid like her whole role is to be like well what if we don't you know she has really dumb lines on purpose and it's for comedic relief but it also makes me so sad because if she lost her life she like the fact that she doesn't understand the value of her peers lives right like when they measured her and they're like i want all the chickens to be as bad as that one double all their feet and then they walked away, and she goes, oh, my life flashed before my eyes. It was boring. And then they start pouring the chicken feed, and she goes, oh, chicken feed, my favorite. And Ginger's like, what the fuck? <laughs> that scene gets dark, too, because Ginger freaks out on all the hens who are guzzling chicken feed to get fat. Fat shaming has come a long way in the past 20 years. That was still when red carpet people felt comfortable complimenting people by saying, you look skinny today. Right, right. So these chickens are trying to get fat. Ginger is the only non-fat chicken in the movie, besides Rocky. She goes and has this aside with Rocky, and when she comes back, all the chickens are sadly sitting on piles of feed. And in the background, Babs is knitting a noose. You cannot depict a noose in a G-rated movie. Why is this movie rated G? 
I was trying to think, because, like, Shrek, which I think is not rated G, I think it's rated PG, it must be, very known for its adult undertones and that adults would get a kick out of the movie. Right, but Chicken Run, by the time an adult sees it, they're like, this is about the Holocaust or something. Also, do you know any adults who like this movie? Ah, 102 Dalmatians is rated G. That feels wrong. Yeah, like Alice in Wonderland. I guess they don't have anything explicitly wrong, but there's some shit wrong. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the caterpillar spoke in a hookah. Yeah, it's so terrifying. So are they the same movie? They're not. I, Which I really, going into it, thought they were going to be. Which is scarier? Oh, Chicken Run. I could watch Sweeney Todd at night and go to sleep and be okay. I'd probably wake up singing. You know, I'd be happy. Uh, watching Chicken Run before going to bed, I would have nightmares. And it's funny because Sweeney Todd uses a lot of the same, like, dark effects. A lot of nighttime, a lot of rain. A lot of nighttime, but then all you see is blood. Yeah. And it's rated R for all that blood. Helena Bone Carter looks kind of like Mrs. Tweety. But Mrs. Tweety takes the cake for being scary. We should sit down and do the math. Mrs. Tweety's screen time and how often she's seen with an axe compared to Sweeney Todd's. His entire screen time, you know, so it'll be the average of his screen time and how often times he has a knife. I'm willing to bet that based off of each of their screen times that Mrs. Tweety's gonna... So you're saying like if Mrs. Tweety's in the movie for 20 minutes... And she's holding an axe for 19 of those minutes. Like, what percentage is she doing? Does it count when he's using the- when he's, like, shaving a face? I think so, yeah. Because it's his weapon. And he could kill it. The whole- I mean, every time he has a razor out, you're not sure if he's gonna right, kill it. Right, exactly. Yeah, the whole time, the- During that whole song, you don't know if he's gonna kill in front of all of these people. So, yeah, I think if you objectify the chickens, it's properly- a G-rated, not scary movie. Somebody recorded the bonus features from the Chicken Run DVD, but they recorded it by holding a camera up to their screen, and they are moving around like crazy. You can barely... There's a child screaming in the background at one point. I watched the full hour. I was hoping to get a little bit of the creator's inspiration for why they chose such a dark subject matter or if it was based off of anything, because there's obvious nods the only one I actually caught was when they're escaping the meat pie machine. There's like a lot of Indiana Jones references, including like Ginger's hat falls off and there's a gate closing. Yeah, she gets it right before. There isn't, they never really talk about it though. There's, I looked for interviews from them and a lot of the information about the movie is based around Mel Gibson and how great and charming he is i mean i think we both agree rocky's pretty lazy of a character his whole plot line just isn't that great but you know they ended up using him and i mean obviously the marketing with him works toy story came out like mid late 90s i think it was like 95 96 and do you think with like woody's swagger and all that like woody's hot you know like who didn't have a crush on woody we all wanted to be bo peep and it worked Do you think that that's kind of what they were trying to do with Rocky? Maybe. I was thinking of Toy Story because Toy Story has successful sequels, very successful sequels. Chicken Run hasn't touched a sequel until this year's announcement that they want to do Chicken Run 2, motherfucking 20 years later. How late did they do Monsters, Monster University? I don't think there was a specific date they did it. Monsters, Inc. was 2001 and Monsters University was... 2013 so that preyed on the same thing that toy story 4 preyed on of which is we were kids and now we're graduating and going to college i mean chicken run is like the 20 year gap 
first of all, those chickens uh, don't have a lifespan like that. So what are they going to do? Ew, if they make it about Mrs. Tweedy? They're not. They're going to make it about the chickens because they cast Mel Gibson's little brother to play Rocky because they didn't feel comfortable casting Mel Gibson. That's disgusting. So you did a lot of research on Chicken Run afterwards. Is there like a cult following of Chicken Run? I was expecting more of a cult following. I, I know I've told you about this like collectible shop where they have like comic books books and like all kinds of action figures old cars and collectibles you know all that stuff they have so many fucking chicken run toys that are like collector's edition like in mint condition for like some of them are hundreds of dollars some of some of them are like 99 cents okay cult following there's not i don't think people gather to watch it or anything but there's a good amount of discussion because that's oh that was terrifying i couldn't tell you why because i haven't seen it since i was six but it's a terrifying movie that's how everyone remembers it did people really just watch it because of i just it still blows my mind too that it was the number one because maybe it was like highest stop motion or something okay yeah 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 no that's exactly what it was it was the highest grossing stop animation it's still 224 million is a lot yeah, uh, the way that it it doesn't even rank in the top 50 for computer animation, there aren't that many big stop-motion movies. So. I think I know more people who have seen Chicken Run than I've seen even Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, Coraline, too. Five is Corpse Bride. Number six is Box Trolls. Number ten is Nightmare Before Christmas. What?! And number 15 is Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's bull. Is Frank and Weenie in there? Yep. Frank and Weenie's 11. There's one that I'm thinking of that goes right in there with Corpse Bride. What is it? I don't remember. Is it Paranorman? Yes, actually. That's what it was. James and the Giant Peach is number 17. I am deeply offended that Nightmare Before Christmas is so low. I can't believe... Whoa! I can't believe... Nightmare Before Christmas is 10, and Chicken Run is 1. At first, I was just annoyed, like, uh, they kind of deserve more than Coraline. But fucking Chicken Run? (laughs) Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. That's so... (laughs) And Chicken Run's rated really well, which is, again, kind of strange to me. I also don't, like, did I get the jokes as a child? There's no fucking way I got a cocktail joke when I was five. I think they really misinterpreted how kids would take it. Do you, how do you think it would be receptive today if they released the same exact movie as a G for kids? Mm-mm. No. Because kids know about PETA by five. You know? Yeah, no, I don't think it would fly. There's no way. And Mel Gibson's there? <laughs> They sold it so well, they must have. I don't know, I think... Yeah, you're right, like, with Shrek, even, which was just a couple years after, I think, even though there are, like, a few adult themes, we all kind of know that going into it. That's why... Have there been any, like, G or even PG movies in the past ten years that you can remember where people have been upset about them being children's movies? Animations? No, because I feel like maybe also adult animation became more obvious for the longest time when disney was animating things it was still kind of for adults and then at some point i feel like maybe that's what like the ants time period was 
once they got, I think that's it. They got computer animation and like got confused. When the last two Toy Story movies came out, my mom was like, I have to go see them. Like, I want to see Toy, like, parents like Finding Nemo and parents like Toy Story and parents like, I think Monsters, Inc. Parents didn't like Chicken Run. I don't think. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to like. I'm thinking of when my mom would meet up with her friends. They would talk about like, oh, we saw Pokemon. It was fucking stupid. Pokemon, and we didn't think it was very good. And I don't think you should go see it. So did did they get Chicken Run on the opening weekend? Did they manage to get everybody there before any talk could be had? Because I don't think I think if I was a parent now and I got out of the theater and my kid is had their innocence destroyed yeah. at the hands of Mel Gibson. I would, next time I saw my friends, I'd be like, don't fucking watch, don't watch this movie. Don't take don't, your kids. Yeah. Go to that one. Do you think that's why, uh, like veganism has grown so much because of chicken run? That's gotta be it since 2000. Yeah. I don't know though. Cause I thought Texas chainsaw massacre was going to turn everyone vegetarian that was like the 70s yeah but then they got they said we got to think harder we got to make something scarier than texas chainsaw massacre do you think they're both PETA? (laughs) yeah i think PETA might have made chicken run maybe that's why there's not it's not easy to find yeah they must have info from the creators because they can't reveal because they have really good moderators yeah really good moderators i don't know it's scary i tell you top 10 movies that make you go meatless on the PETA website is chicken run on there i think so let's find out i'm glad we're going over all the pita content on this podcast (laughs) please let me exit out of this ad about alpacas (laughs) oh okay this is very good number 10 is poultry geist which i actually saw in theater in 2008 and i'm pretty sure it's like nc17 or something it's i think it's not rated literally don't see it number nine is soylent green do you know that movie? Yeah, I remember that one. Number eight is Babe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I <laughs> scared. No, I just yeah. I felt so sad about it. Yeah, it makes I, you want to not eat Babe. Yeah. Uh, next is Delicatessen. Next is Fast Food Nation. One after that is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Really? Yep. That movie is. <gasps> disgusting i didn't know that was a thing i mean like i didn't i I didn't know people connected it to veganism i gotta watch that it's you probably should watch it because literally afterwards i was like i'm so glad i'm a vegetarian because it's disgusting like literally when you watch the movie every single afraid reaction the actors have is completely genuine are they like messed up the actors yeah like i know what's the, the actress from like the exorcist has talked a lot about how much that fucked her. Didn't she break her back, actually? Was that her? That's possible. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is just so low budget that they, like, didn't do it. They didn't take any time to not traumatize their actors. I mean, I decided after watching... This is gonna sound like a joke, but I mean it. When I watched Human Centipede 2, I never wanted to be pregnant. Listeners, fast forward now like a minute if you don't want to hear about human centipede. Real talk. Just to be clear, in case you ended up in a human centipede. Uh, do you care if I spoil it? Spoiler alert for anyone listening for human centipede 2. Huge spoiler alert. There's one 
pregnant woman who's a part of the centipede and she escapes and she gets in the car and she's in labor and the baby comes out of her and it shows it go underneath the gas pedal it's horrifying that is so graphic it showed everything i was like i can never watch a baby come out of me wow um do you mind if i go on with the list (laughs) please do so number five is texas chainsaw massacre number four is super size me number three is chicken run really Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm number two is sweeney todd are you joking and number one is I Am an Animal, which is undercover video footage from inside a slaughterhouse, which, like, that's way more obviously going to turn someone vegetarian than Sweeney Todd, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or uh, Chicken Run. So we were right. So it's... They're similar movies. Wow. I'm kind of surprised Sweeney Todd is above Chicken Run. Sweeney Todd, one of the big arguments that I've heard for ethical veganism is like if you're going to euthanize dogs or if there's going to be roadkill or whatever, what stops a meat eater from eating those animals when they're already dead animals? Slippery slope that goes from like eating roadkill kind of, I forget what, there's like they find a dead animal somewhere, right? At first, or they hear about somebody who was like eating a, that was like where Mrs. Lovett got the idea. Right, and so she had always been putting cats in her pies. Oh, that's what it was, yeah, cats. She had always been putting cats, yeah. I think a lot of us do wonder, especially because we've all heard of Dahmer Party. Yeah. Think about it much now, but as a kid when we are like, you know, weird philosophical middle school conversations, like, oh, if that was human meat, right. would right. you even know? That kind of, I mean, I don't think that didn't dominate my conversations as a middle schooler but like no for sure i I, it it comes up in in middle school in science class we had to watch supersize me it was horrifying it was on a projection screen it was horrifying like the thought of it is making my like i want to vomit right now because i saw it on a big screen and i had to sit in the front of class Oh my god, wait, 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 wait. I just realized the number one on that list is a documentary about PETA's founder. <laughs> that makes sense. They put it at number one. Oh, PETAKids.com also has a chicken run thing. I'm like getting so grossed out. <laughs> Babe, Bambi, Charlotte's Web, Chicken Run, Ferdinand, Finding Dory, Finding Nemo, Free Willy, Happy Feet, Horton Here's a Who, Secret Life of Pets, and Spirit. Stallion of the whatever. I've seen that movie. Chicken Run made the adult list and the kid list. I can't believe the top three were PETA film. PETA founder. (laughs) Sweeney Todd and Chicken Run. Wow. I feel like that proves everything. Yeah, I think we made our point. This podcast is rooted in research. (laughs) Very deep research. And facts. Done well ahead of time every time. Yes. Let's see. Let me make sure that there's no other things I wanted to include. Most of my notes are about... Oh, did you know Mel Gibson plays John Smith in Pocahontas? Ew. Fuck Mel Gibson. For those who haven't listened to the Tiger King episode, it started with the thought of where did Carol Baskin get her inspiration to potentially... Allegedly. 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 Put her husband through a meat grinder. Uh, I just want to say that I do not believe in that theory. I also don't. We all know. We know. I think both Sweeney Todd and Chicken Run have very strong lesbian vibes. 
the outfits in Sweeney Todd are very gay. Like, I think Sweeney Todd himself is a lesbian. Do you think London is just lesbians? I think it's lesbians and meat grinders. (laughs) (laughs) Has this made you want to go more to London? Yeah, I want, I'm booking a ticket. I watched Sweeney Todd on Tubi, and the there's ads on Tubi, and they just pop in whenever the fuck they want. The very first ad I got while watching Sweeney Todd was for Gillette razors. <laughs> really? <laughs> Rocky says working as a team means you do everything I tell you. Oh, sleep tight, Angel Face. Also, to be noted that every time he called Ginger Angel Face or Doll Face, she goes, "My name is Ginger." Ah, okay. <laughs> Fuck, Mary kill. Mrs. Tweety. Mrs. Lovitz. Or Figueroa from Orange is the New Black. Oh my god. Kill Mrs. Tweety. Done. Fuck Fig. Mary Lovett. She's faithful. And Fig doesn't want to get married. I'd marry Lovett. She just wants... She just wants love. Yeah, I'd say the same. Uh, fuck, Mary kill. Ginger, Mrs. Lovitz, and Alex from Orange is the New Black. <coughs> Mary Ginger. Ginger's sweet and smart. I guess kill, love it. One more. Uh, fuck, Mary kill. Ginger... Mrs. Lovitz and Ruby Rose on Orange is the New Black. Why would you do this? <laughs> Are you gonna fuck Ginger? I'm not gonna- I'm gonna marry Ginger. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck Ruby Rose, who- Does that character even have a name? No. I'm pretty sure it was just Ruby Rose as herself. <laughs> Her character's name is Ruby Rose on Orange is the New Black. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, everyone's homework is to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ugh. I'd rather watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre than Super Size Me. Wait till you watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You're never going to eat meat again if you watch all these movies close together. <laughs> That's true. I wanted to make a podcast for a really, really, really long time before I was actually able to, and the thing that allowed me to do it was Anchor. Anchor, you can edit the podcast, you can record the podcast, you can invite friends to join it, all on the Anchor app. So you need a phone or a computer, you can go to the library, log in there if you really needed to, you could use an old iPod Touch. It's the most accessible way that I have found to make a podcast because I really thought that you had to spend a bunch of money and get a bunch of production equipment and whatever in order to do it. But when I figured out I could use Anchor as a platform to host the podcast, they distribute it for me. Um, You probably already know this if you've ever listened to an episode before or if you have seen the description with the tag that says that I make it on Anchor. If you want to do this, if you want to get into it, it's super easy. All you have to do is go to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app. And I swear it's free. Like, it's it's so easy. It's the easiest, freest, most free way to host a podcast.
Bye.